welcome to Making Midlife Matter, a podcast celebrating both the challenges and the opportunities of midlife. I'm Peggy Hames. I'm a licensed counselor, an ordained minister, and mostly I'm a person passionate about helping women of faith live their fullest and best lives at midlife. So today we are celebrating a kind of relaunch for this podcast. It's been a while since I've recorded an episode, mostly and primarily due to the fact that I had two bouts of pneumonia. And so um, my better angels thought that recording this podcast while coughing up a lung was probably not the nicest way to go. Uh, Not to mention that for about three weeks, I had absolutely no voice at all. Uh, Miming a podcast really does not work. So I'm glad to be back with you. And I'm also glad I got a a, a new uh, intro music, which you probably did not recognize at all. But I'm really excited about it because I kind of geek out that way. So I'm excited to be recording again and to have a voice again and to be feeling good again and all that good stuff. But I got to tell you, I am less than thrilled about the fact that I'm having to essentially do a relaunch. That was not the plan for me. But what could I do? You know, sometimes life happens that way. There was a point in my life many, many years ago where... I was doing some some pretty intense personal work, and it was not fun, as such work often is. And I was really not liking it. And I was talking to a, a friend and colleague of mine, a very dear friend and colleague, and I said, you know, I don't like this. I don't like being in this place. And my friend said, yeah but that's where you are. So what are you going to do with it? And that's what happens sometimes when we have to start over. Life puts us in places that aren't very much fun. But our only choice, our choice is not about being in that place. It's about what we do with it. Now, sometimes it's that that we are in the place of being single again after what after being married for what seems like a lifetime and a marriage that we thought was going to last for our lifetime and here we are suddenly single. Sometimes it's starting over in the place that that someone you love dearly It's gone. They've died, and you have to figure out what this next chapter of your life is going to mean after their death. Sometimes it's starting over with uh, retirement. You know, retirement, so I hear, can be a really cool thing and a really great thing, but it's a really different thing. And whether it was something that you chose or something that someone chose for you, it's a starting over. You see, in, in some ways, it doesn't matter so much whether the starting over was what we chose or what someone chose for us. 
there's still that element of I don't like being in this place. I don't like being in this place where everything is unfamiliar. I, I wish I could remember where I came across the phrase. I, I read it somewhere, and I've loved it ever since. And it's a phrase, the moving stupids. You know how it is when you move and suddenly you are discombobulated? You know, you, you don't know where anything is yet. You haven't figured out yet where that place is going to be where you drop your keys or hang your keys or where you put the mail or where you keep a certain kitchen utensil or, you know, which closet you, you hung your shirts in. You don't know the best way to get to places. I was uh, two years old when my family moved from the the house where we lived, <coughs> excuse me, when I was born to the house where I wound up growing up. And I remember my mother talking about how she, for a while, she had to go back to the old place before she could figure out how to get to the new place. It was the moving stupids. Um, I remember I I moved back to my hometown in th 2005, and it was close enough to where I'd been that I could commute back to my old church, and then I finally figured out this was ridiculous. I needed a, a, a church community in my community. So I started visiting and eventually joined a new church, which I love dearly, and it's been wonderful, and it was awful starting over there. Because, like, you know, there are all these names to learn and all these traditions that everyone loves, and I don't have a clue as to what they are. You know, it's hard sometimes at, at midlife we get to the point kids are grown, so, you know, being in the church where they have all their friends and they love the youth group, that's not the compelling factor anymore. Or it may just be your growing awareness of what's important to you at this stage in your life. And you figure out, okay, I have got to find a different church. I've, this is, this, where I am is not life to me anymore. I, there's a community where I am, where I feel more harmony. And so, you know, you do your your research on the web, which is really a great thing when you're looking for a church now that you can listen to sermons and you can kind of get a feel for the church. But even so, there's that awkwardness of visiting and you don't know anybody and you don't know the rhythm of worship. And sometimes they sing songs you don't know and it's awkward and it is not fun. But what you going to do? This is where you are. Uh, a place where a lot of us have to start over on a pretty regular basis is with exercise. Now, we are learning more and more and more. The evidence is just really compelling that, that exercise is the closest thing we have to a magic pill to... Um, keep us healthy, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally as well. 
all kinds of studies about how important it is and how effective it is. And especially as we start getting older, um, we used to think that a lot of things were just a byproduct of getting older, like getting feeble and having to use a walker. And, and what we've learned that a lot of them, it's just that we didn't exercise and, and we didn't work to maintain our strength. And if we don't work to maintain our strength, then we lose our strength. And suddenly it's hard to get out of the chair. It's hard to go up steps. Well, I don't know of many people. I know a few folks, but I don't know of many people for whom exercise has been this like long, unbroken line. And they, they never have an injury that interrupts them. They never have a life that interrupts them. They never have an illness that interrupts them. And don't you really hate those people? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't hate them, but oh, goodness, it's hard. Because I'm right now, I'm in one of those periods of I had to start over. Um, when I was sick, I was pretty much in bed nonstop for about three solid weeks. And it only takes a couple of days for decondition, deconditioning to start in. Um, that's why if you're in the hospital now, no matter what you're in there for, they are, if they're good, they're really going to push you to get up as much as you can because it doesn't take long. And so the first time, I, before I got sick, I was running a couple miles every week with my dog. And in between my bouts of pneumonia, um, I decided I, was, I knew I needed to get moving, so I thought I would take a walk. And I could walk to the end of my block. And that was it. And I was exhausted. So exercise is one of those things that you are where you are. And you may not like being where you are. And you may be really frustrated with being where you are. And you may feel really ashamed about being where you are. You know, that, that you can look back and there was a time in your life where you were really fit. And that time is not now. And you are really massively unfit. The question isn't, are you or aren't you? The question is, what are you going to do now about it? It really is, it, do you start doing what you can do no matter how small it is, even if it's I'm going to visit that church or I'm going to walk to the end of my block or the end of my driveway or I'm going to reach out to one friend to have coffee because I'm not really used to doing things on my own and not being part of a couple or I'm going to read this one book, or I'm going to attend this one conference, or I'm going to go on this weekend trip by myself because I've never done it before, and I don't know how to eat out by myself, but I can figure it out. As I was reflecting on this podcast, I um, happened to think about a, a piece of needlework that I've got tacked to the bulletin board over my desk. Now, it's not framed because it was never finished. Uh, my mother started it, 
and it's a very beautiful needlework of a horse. But it was the devilment of her. She started when I was a, a little girl because I was so horse crazy, and she thought this would be a good thing to do. But she would do a row and then make a mistake and have to pull out thread and then do it over and then do some more rows and then make a mistake and have to pull out thread. And so the the canvas, whatever you call the, the backing stuff that you do the needlework on, it's like really pulled out of shape. And it's not finished. There are... I don't know, maybe a dozen rows, maybe half a dozen rows left to do. The thing is, she finished the hard part. Literally, all she had to do was finish up the background, which was the same color, the same stitch over and over and over again. But I think by that point, she was just so done with it and felt so badly about it. The irony is, is that it's a very beautiful needlework of a horse. And so I keep it tacked up to the bulletin board over my desk because, one, I still love horses and I like looking at it. But mostly I like being reminded of someone, of a mom who loved me so much that she would do something that was not comfortable to her to give to me something that I loved very much. And you know what? It didn't matter to me how many times she started over. And it didn't matter to me that maybe not every stitch is perfect. I love having the needlework. But the greater gift to me was the starting over, that she kept persevering and persisting, and she kept trying, and she kept doing whatever it took, and however many stitches she had to pull out, she pulled out and she started over. Sometimes the real gift isn't blasting through that finish line. Sometimes the real gift and the celebration is being willing to start over. You know, the, the older we get, I think the more our own restarts leave us feeling a little bit pulled out of shape and unfinished. If we're lucky and if we're wise, we realize that's not really the point. Maybe we're perpetually unfinished like my mom's needlework. But at the very center of all of that, out of shape unfinishedness is love. Love for others around us so that we keep trying even though it's not perfect, and we have to start over sometimes. But you know what? It's also love for ourselves and love for the God who created us, who doesn't give us just a fixed amount of chances. It's not like, okay, three strikes and you're out. 
with God, we have uh, unnumbered amount of times to start over with God we we never run out of those chances and God is always cooperating with us and creating with us God's God one of God's greatest gifts is creator and that God keeps creating with us so if you're starting over in some point in your life today be encouraged because even when it feels awkward even when you're frustrated even when you think this is not how things ought to be or were supposed to be god kind of comes up beside us kind of punches us in the arm gently or puts an arm around us and whispers in our ear and says hey Come on, let's start something new. And listen, if you want to share some of your own stories of starting over, I'd love to hear them. You can go to my Facebook page, Peggy Hames Author is the page, or even better, join my Facebook group at Heart Callings. And it's a, a group geared especially for folks in midlife. And you can share your own story of starting over. Until next time, I'm Peggy Hames, and we'll start with yet another podcast. We'll see you then. Take care.